behind the whistle. I even breathe driving. Luckily someone was brave enough to put me in a chair in, around about the age of 15 and said, oh, how about you help us judge a competition? And I just loved it ever since. As soon as the diver enters the water, you've got to put in your score, so it's an immediate decision you have to make. Our guest for this episode is diving judge Gillian Brooker. Gillian has been the CEO of Diving New South Wales for over 15 years, enabling her to stay involved with the sport that she's passionate about. Gillian's also developed a very impressive career as an international diving judge, having attended both the Rio and Tokyo Olympic Games. I started off by asking Gillian which sport she officiates and to explain how she got into officiating. Oh, I'm involved in um, springboard and platform diving, which is an Olympic sport, um, and I officiate as a judge and a referee. Excellent. So what's the difference between a judge and a referee in diving? Right. So a judge um, is in a team situation where there's a panel of judges and you all give a score. The highest and lowest gets the highest and lowest scores get crossed out. Um, when you referee, you're in charge of the whole event um, and you make decisions that judges can't. <laughs> <laughs> so does that include allocating people to various events during the, the event and, I guess, overseeing their uh, adjudication? Um, it can be. You can't. You don't really necessarily overrule a judge's score. So there's yep. certain rules like um, you have to apply if there's a restart, for example, a diver restarts, that's not the judge's job to, to judge that. The referee will declare that a restart and um, deduct two points from every judge's score. Okay, cool. So how did you get into diving? <laughs> um, when I, I was born in Sri Lanka and my parents came over here when I was about 11 and um, I just started diving in the summertime and trampolining in the wintertime and so um, one day when I was diving I was injured and luckily someone was brave enough to put me in a chair in, around about the age of 15 and said oh how about you help us judge a competition and I just loved it ever since. That would have been an interesting um, transition being a 15 year old we all know the challenges that 15 you know, 18 year olds go in and personalities and those sort of things it would have been a different uh, experience for you I would have thought it definitely was and something I hadn't contemplated so um, when I was younger I used to watch diving on the Olympics you know and, and my goal was to try and be an Olympic diver which obviously didn't happen but um, I used to like judge from the television and I used to yep. be pretty good at it I thought you know <laughs> We're all pretty good. Uh, you know, we're all we're all good catch catch referees and catch judges, no matter what sport we're doing. So, um, I don't know if it's a good thing that we tend to know the rules of the sport that we're watching a little bit more than the players and the other spectators, because we can watch something and go, yeah, that's a foul, or yeah, that no, it's not. And I don't know if it helps us when we watch the sport. So. I think it certainly does. I think if you become at that higher level, um, then it does certainly uh, help to have either played the sport at one time or another, or, yeah, you should really know the rules. That be fair to the athletes, I yeah. think. So yeah. obviously you, you got involved at, in your local club when you were 15. How did you then progress up to where you are now? So, um, yeah, that's interesting too. So um, I just kept judging, putting my hand up like this, oh, you did a good job, you know, and all the encouragement that they yep. give a 15-year-old. And I just kept going. I just... You know, um, I didn't realise there was any sort of pathway um, when I was that age. I did a little exam. I passed the exam because obviously I must have known the rules. And then, um, 
Yeah, then it got a little bit more serious. So when I stopped diving, um, my husband was involved in diving, so I used to go along with him and be an official because I was no longer an athlete um, and just kept going. And then um, I think the sport um, matured a bit and decided to, um, not decided, but developed a, an officiating pathway. And so, you know, you go through level, between level one and six, and I just progressed through those pathways. But never in my wildest dreams did I think I would judge an Olympic Games. Not, not so, so did you just do Tokyo? Was there other Olympics you've done or is it just the, just the Tokyo, that I guess, the one that you've been to? No, I did um, Rio. Yep. Well, that would have been the experience down in Rio. Yeah, it was fantastic. Loved it. Um, and I've done Com Games and World Championships. Yep. So, so how, does, how does the selection process, I guess, work for, for diving, um, officiating at that perspective? Right. So you, you reach a certain level, um, the highest level in Australia you can make, and then um, Australia uh, divide out. There's been a Grand Prix around the world, and so from that pool of officials, they go to various Grand Prix, and then you get evaluated at a higher level, say a FINA, you know, by two FINA evaluators, and they evaluate your judging performance at those Grand Prix. Um, then they will invite you to things like the World Championships or the Olympics. I mean, that's not nothing to do with the national body. Obviously, they have to endorse your selection, but they don't actually do the selecting. And you now I'm assuming all of those trip, those uh, World Cups and Olympics are all paid for trips. And you know, I guess what's the what's the experience from an official perspective? I know we hear a lot about you know players and coaches and what they go through. Now, tell us from a, an officiating perspective what happened, you know, you know go through your Rio experience. Um, so major competitions like Rio World Championships are paid for by FINA, so they will um, pay for your airfare, your accommodation. Um, but, you know, for me to go to, to even get there, like it, it, it can be quite expensive for an official because I took myself off to national championships quite a bit to be in that pool of athletes to get selected, even to go to the Grand Prix, so that pre-selection period. And, like, when you're travelling, you know, all we've got three levels of competition, so we've got age, elite, junior and open. So there's three nationals around the country every year. And to go to all three, one might be in Perth, one might be in Melbourne and the other one in Brisbane or something, it can get a little bit, um, yeah, expensive. expensive. <laughs> and, you know, you know, how do you balance that with your, I guess, what do you do for a working Normal job type thing? <laughs> so I even breathe diving. Um, I'm the CEO of New South Wales Diving, so diving in New South Wales. I look after about uh, 14 clubs in our state, and it's just a passion. I just love it. For me, it was never about making the Olympics. I just love that journey. I love the camaraderie, the sportsmanship. It's just amazing. And I guess being the CEO of Diving New South Wales, you can approve your own leave to go to those tournaments, I guess, to an extent. Well, I guess so. And I try and always um, juggle it because um, when I first started officiating, I had two small children. Yep. So when originally I was asked to officiate internationally, I said no because, I mean, I just can't desert my whole family. So I think women in sport have that issue so maybe that's something that could be addressed in the future like how do we accommodate that um so yeah i put my international career on hold for quite a while until my children left home and then 
the, the work um, balance was quite easy after that. I, I would, um, if I was, say, going to Perth, I would make sure that I would also utilise my time, not just officiating, but I would be either a team manager and I would, um, you know, do some networking while I was there and things like that. Yeah, that, that, you know, we all talk about, you know, officials balancing life and having the support unit at home, which helps and goes a long way to you know, being able to move up in your career. Because if you didn't have that support at home, you're not going to be able to, you know, go to those events or anything. So, exactly. Um, one of, I guess one of the questions around diving is it's all a, you call it a perception type sport. You know, it's how the dive looks. Can you talk through your, you know, a lot of us might do sports, soccer, rugby league, those sort of things where it's clearly a foul or the ball's clear in or clear out. Obviously, diving's a little bit different um, as to how it's judged. Yes, it is. And I think it's like I might be a little bit biased here, but I think it's one of the fairest judged sports because there's a team of, um, say, in some minor competitions, there's five judges or in a major competition, there's seven. And the two highest and the two lowest scores get crossed out. And then the middle scores, as a team which you want to reach, that's the right score, is then times by the degree of difficulty of the dive. And the dive has an assigned degree of difficulty already. And, so, and you know, I'm, I'm assuming that's all, call it from a database. So if they do certain routines in a dive, then, you know, it's always got that degree, certain degree of difficulty exactly. uh, as far as. Yeah, there's a formula. So for every half somersault, there's a certain point or every half twist there's a certain point so or the height of the board you're diving off um and that there's a table a formula and that's already predetermined so when you judge a dive you don't take into consideration at all the degree of difficulty you're only taking into consideration how the dive has been executed and it's always interesting you know when we watch the olympics and you know the commentators go oh you know that dive was that was kind of spectacular or you know the feet were together in a little bit everyone looks for the splash at the end and goes Oh, there's a lot of splash, so therefore it's not a good dive. You know, it's got to be an interesting perspective from a an, an officiating perspective. That's right. Um, so you are looking for that dive that doesn't create a splash. It's called a rip entry, and you can actually reward for that. So we're looking to reward dives. Um, but there's certain rules from the start position all the way through the approach, the flight, you know, and the entry. We've got to take the whole dive into consideration, including the start position. And each um, of those elements has a has a deduction in the rules. So if all those elements or one part of that element is not followed as described in the rules, there's a deduction of maybe half to two, for example. So, you know, if the tuck position in the air is split or is, you know, loose or something, you, you're entitled as a judge to take off half to two points. And, yeah, I, one other, have you ever been able to, uh, I guess, had the privilege of giving a 10 for a dive? Many times, yes. And I, oh, many times. Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's a goosebump feeling. So when you're in the chair and you're like, um, I think it's the confidence to just put it out there and that's your opinion because you judge independently. You don't know what the other judges are giving at any time. And, and as soon as the diver enters the water, you've got to put in your score. So it's an immediate decision you have to make. So it's, um, yeah, it's just a goosebump moment. You know that dive is worth 10. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be excellent. But you definitely get that feeling, you know, of goosebumps. It's like ripped. It sounds like a, you know, when you get a piece of paper and you shred it like that, like you rip it. Yep. That's the sound you get when the diver enters the water without a splash. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. <laughs> and that's one thing that we don't I get, get coming through the TV as much as those, 
um, specific sounds because obviously by the time it gets through the TV, it's all muffled and what they do, whatever they do with it. You know, I would imagine being live, you can you know, judge things based on the sound of, you know, as they hit the water and those sort of things as well. So That's right, yeah. I mean, not that we do take it into consideration, but it does create the atmosphere. Yeah. Right. You're sitting in the chair, especially at the Olympics, and you're so nervous. Like those nerves never go away. It's just how you can control them. And it's just so exciting and, and such a privilege and an honour to be in that front row seat to watch the best divers in the world competing. It's, it's a real, you know, buzz. So how do you deal with those, those nerves? You know, I would, you know, would imagine that once the announcement comes out that uh, how you've been selected to go to Rio, however far out from Rio that was, there'd be a little bit of, you know, tension, nervousness building up to Rio. And then obviously the day of, I mean, they have multiple days of competition, but the first one especially would probably be pretty nervous, you know, the first diving event, for, you know, at that level. Yeah. So um, there, there, there is a pathway up leading up to that. So you, you kind of know your colleagues around you. You know who's kind of going to be judging with you, who your your colleagues are. Um, you've, you've kind of prepared for the Olympics beforehand, but it's not quite the same. Like once you're there, it is scary. Um, I just think once you've passed that first round of dives, you get into it, like you just focus on what you have to do, you focus on the field of play, and all the other stuff comes automatically. You know, you just take a few deep breaths, um, just focus. I think, you know, once you put in your first, second, third score, you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm in the swing of it. I'm, I'm like kind of working as a team here. It's a mental thing with the other judges. You... Yeah, you're on your way. You don't even think about it again. And, you know, with, with diving especially, they go through it pretty quick. They're like every, what, a minute or 90 seconds each dive. So you don't really have time to reflect back on, I guess, the dive previously. You're already focusing on, on the next one. So Yeah, it's probably even quicker. Um, maybe like with Olympics and World Championships, you're waiting for the replay. But yeah. some of like, the competitions we do at home, there's no replays and fancy equipment. I mean, the divers go probably every 40 seconds. Wow, that's that's quick, and that's you know, it's a quick turn off, shift your focus, focus back on the next one. Yeah, that's right. And, and just, yeah, like you wipe your slate clean because there's no there's no bias. I mean, you have to have the utmost integrity. You don't take any notice of the reputation of the diver, what country they're from, what club they're from, state, national. You know, you just judge the dive. Yeah, it would be the same as say a rugby league referee or another sport, a team sport referee. All they see is a player in a colour. All you'd see would be just the dive itself and, you know, relevant of who it is and where it is, you know, I'd imagine you judge the dive same as you would in within New South Wales as you would at, at the Olympics or are they different? Um, uh, like a, like a, an excellent dive at state level is obviously probably not the same as an excellent dive at Olympic level. Or is there a slight variance? Yeah, there is. Um, I think you have to judge in context. I yep. mean, it would it'd be awful to judge like a school's beginner diver and they could never get a seven, you know, like in the good category. That would be a shame. Um, so, yes, we do judge in context. And, you know, that obviously helps the divers develop as well as the officials develop the um, – after the the level of of excellence at those at those levels that, that's right and, and encourage that now, do you during while you're officiating do you actually peek at the scores to find out if yours were crossed out to see whether you're in in i guess in line with the other officials or um yeah, I, you, you kind of get the feeling while you're working as a team that oh i think i'm, I'm judging a little bit high and you kind of recalibrate yep. 
I mean, there's nothing worse than thinking I'm the only person that's right every time. I mean, there's some point where you've got to say I need to recalibrate. That's right. Um, yeah, and at the end of it, you do reflect. Quite often at the end of a, a competition, there's um, a debrief, a judge's debrief at the end of the day, and you can ask the evaluators or the experts um, questions. You can have a look at where they've crossed you out. Um, and there's also a, um, a judge's analysis, so it's a, which isn't necessarily the only tool, and you wouldn't use that in isolation. Um, it's a, a, just a data that's spread out of how many times you were crossed highest or lowest and all of that. And then it can pick up little biases as well, but that, I mean, that wouldn't be the only tool because sometimes you could get crossed out, but you might be the only judge that is right on, on that occasion. You know, but I don't think I'm that arrogant there. I think if I'm out and I'm crossed off all the time, that I'm the only one right. Yeah. So there's a, a bit of a balance there. And I think that's key to, to officials is, you know, we, we don't want that arrogance to say, you know, I'm always right. This is what it should be. You know, we're all part of a team and, you know, we want to make sure that the, we're consistent across the board and, you know, competition to competition so that the divers obviously get confidence to know that they're going to judge, be judged consistently. That's right, and fairly as well. And that's why, I mean, you know, the, the, there are the two highest and two lowest scores crossed off. So it's the middle three three scores are the right scores. Yeah. So as a as the CEO of Diving New South Wales, how much, I guess, influence, well, influence is probably not the right word, but how much direction do you have with the, the officials and, you know, the pathways and the development of those um, programs? Um, I don't have much at all. I do the record keeping. <laughs> a state officials coordinator and there's a definite um, national pathway in which to progress through the levels. Um, obviously I help to evaluate some of the officials that come along to our state events um, you know to see how they're progressing but it's not a, an evaluation process to um, criticise them it's more to help educate them and promote them and um, yeah further their their career in Yes, yeah. yeah. How do you find the, uh, I guess, the perception of diving officials amongst the diving community? You know, is there, uh, you know, a lot of, oh, you should have given me 10 for that dive, or is it generally most people are generally appreciative of the, 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 the appropriate score? <laughs> uh, I, I, look, no, I think most people are really appreciative. If you've given, like, a, a score that may be different to the other judges, I mean, I think coaches understand or athletes understand that mistakes are made and it will be crossed off. Uh, sometimes you get the question, they'll come up and ask, why did you give me a four instead of a, you know, whatever? And as long as you've got an explanation of why you did it, um, and then you can actually, there's videos, you know, people are videoing the competition or whatever, you can actually go back and review and say, well, this is what I saw. Right. Yeah, um, some coaches go, oh, you know, the judges are really tight or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Because it's important to some athletes because they need to make certain scores to make national teams and things like that, and and they need to pass a benchmark score. So I guess coaches are um, not win at all costs, but it's really important to them. Yeah, they're under pressure, I guess, under pressure to perform, and similar to the officials are under under pressure to an extent just to be that consistent scoring. So you know, if a coach you know needs a diver to be at six for instance that it's a, a you know a, a valid six and not a a, a a four that was you know we gave him six just because you know to make it easy sort of thing so yeah 
No, I think every official, like, you, you've got to kind of block that. You know it's happening, but you block it out. Once I'm in that judging chair, I, it's a different hat for me. I just block out everything and I just judge one dive at a time. Yeah, it gives you, it's a good, uh, you know, obviously we do officiate because it's a, call it our outlet. You know, we can focus on the officiating and whatever else is going on outside of officiating, you know, it'll come back whenever we finished. But the officiating just gives you a chance just to focus on that and, you know, really enjoy that part of, you know, the things that we enjoy. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. It's such a... Um Oh, it's just such a pleasure, you know, to judge, like to have that front row seat, to get to see the dives up close and you, you even get those little things that you don't really see, oh, well, maybe on television sometimes, but, you know, the smile the diver has when they've come out and done a good job. Or the dive might be only worth four and they've only just learnt it, but for them it's like an accomplishment, you know, and it's just such a pleasure to watch that. And I've seen kids from, you know, 11 years old go all the way through the pathway of an athlete pathway to the Olympics. It's just such an honour to be part of that. And it would be, a, you know, it would be a great encouragement seeing your other fellow officials do the same thing, um, going from when they first start out and building up their knowledge and their, um, their skill set. Exactly. I love it. And I just love mentoring some of the, the officials that I've mentored now judge at our national championships and things like that. They're very good. You know, um, I see some personal development in them, the, the growth in their character. You know, they're much braver because he's come up and say, oh, I'm really nervous at judging at state championships. And I'm going, oh, yeah, I understand what it's like, you know. <laughs> if you're nervous at state, imagine what's going to be like when you get up to the next level. <laughs> yeah, you get, you... Bit by bit by bit, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's all part of growth. We know that growth's, you know, a learning curve. So you get comfortable. At, you know, if you get too comfortable at state, you're not really going to progress more. If you if you're still uncomfortable and growing, that's when you're going to have the, you know, the growth to go up to the to the national level. Yeah, it's great to challenge yourself. I think you know you learn from that, and it doesn't matter if you make a mistake. You learn learn from that as well. Yeah. yeah. And the beauty of diving, you've got what five or seven officials there. So if you do happen to mark one wrong, you know, between the the, the team of officials, it, it evens out, and you can go, oh, yeah, I blew that one from whatever whatever reason I wasn't concentrating on it, and switch on and, and grab the next one. Yeah, you go, oh, I'm out to lunch. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, do, do the events go for long? Because, you know, obviously in the Olympics, it seems to go for, you know, if they're doing six rounds, like nonstop, it can go for quite a few hours, which could be quite a bit of taxing on that, I would thought. Yeah. Um, so what happens if there's a really long um, field of athletes, a lot of athletes, say 60 in, in a, a particular thing, and they're all doing six dives, they'll break, they will have two panels of judges and you'll just swap. So after three rounds, they might just swap and bring in the next panel of judges or that you might do round one three and six and they'll do two three and five or something yeah okay and so how do you i guess how do you mentally prepare for those you know come on for a round go off obviously try and relax switch off and then come back on and switch on do you are there any techniques that you go through or obviously just experience or um a little bit of both um because i've yeah um i just take my bathroom break make sure i'm yep. hydrated especially if it's um quite hot it can get hot and steamy in the in the um, environment that you're in even if it's in the sun sometimes you know you're, you're judging in the blazing sun with a hat on so yeah you just gotta make sure that you have your comfort break you're, you're hydrated um and what i try and do is say about 
10 or 15 dives before I'm due back onto the full deck, I'll watch it and I'll start to get my eye back in again. And obviously yeah. understand uh, and just reinforce, you know, I would have scored that a five and the other judges scored that a five. You know, my um, I've got my eye back in and I'm seeing what they're seeing and we're getting the consistency across the board. Yeah, but then you might, you've got two different panels. So your yep. panel might not exactly say, but yeah, you just try, I try not, yeah, a little bit of that. A little bit and, of that. Well, uh, that comes your roundabout. Because yeah. you're obviously, when you're standing on full deck and looking at the dive, it's slightly a different view of when you're sitting up in the chair. So where do you, so, where do you actually sit for the, uh, for, for a dive? Are you right up the top at the top of a platform? Are you halfway along? Whereabouts do you actually sit from a, I guess, a height perspective? Um, so if you're judging three metre and the 10 metre platform, you'll be judging in a chair that's probably eye level to the three metre springboard. But okay. you don't judge the lower ones, one metre at say World Championships, you're on the lower chair. So you're just on a normal chair. On the, and you're, on look pretty, you're looking pretty much straight across from the diver, aren't you? So you can see whether they deviate from the from the board or from the platform or the uh, or the yeah. board. Yeah, so um, you're sitting at the sides, so you're watching the diver from side on, um, not front on. Um, and yeah, your eye level is probably their mid waist. Okay. At a distance. Yeah, so you get that beautiful overall picture, you know, of the diver and. And you're not too close, it's not too high, too down low, so your eyes don't have to go up and down too much. You can see them come in, I guess, through your eyesight instead of coming in your periphery and yeah. just catching bits and pieces. Yeah, but where you sit in your judges' chairs, you know, seven judges, sometimes if you're on the ends of the panel, you get a slightly different view. You get a little bit more of a front-on view. You might see a twist on the bottom of the dive that shouldn't be there a bit more than the judge that's Just. right on the side. It's varying difference. So when you do see that a little bit of varying scores, it's usually because you've seen it worse than the person that's closest to the diver. Seen it from a different angle from the other from the other officials, so. Yeah, there's strange things that happen. <laughs> <laughs> the unexpected. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess what what skills have you learnt through your officiating career? And obviously with your officiating career and the role that you've got as CEO diving, obviously skills are probably intertwined a lot. But are there any, are there any particular skills you've learnt through your officiating career that you've taken into your, you know, your, your career with Diving New South Wales or even you know, the other way around, anything from work life that you've taken into your officiating career? I think so. Um, I think I'm a little bit more patient. I'm not sure if it's just through maturity or from judging, but I, I just think the experiences I've had where you've travelled internationally, you've met people from culturally diverse backgrounds, you know, um, working as a team, I think you kind of become less judgmental of people. You're more inclusive of people's opinions and where they're coming from. You kind of respect their journey as well. Because obviously some countries, you know, don't respect women in sport as much as we do here in Australia or, um, I don't know, a lot of other, other things, you know. And so their politics and all that come into it and shape their, the person that they are. And I think it's a, a really good thing to take a deep breath, take a step back and, and kind of be a bit more empathetic to, yeah, how their journey's been. Yeah, I, I would, you know, I would think too. That's where the international tournaments uh, are are great at doing that because it's all inclusive, and you get to, as you mentioned, talk to people that are in different cultures, 
you know, have different perspectives on women, women in sport, you know, even popularity of diving in some countries might be low. And we know in you know what it's like, say, in Great Britain and you know, even in Australia, it's pretty high with popularity wise, but you know, dealing with people in countries that it's not as popular, um, yeah. talking to them and getting their experience would be amazing. Yeah. And um, like, you know, in some cases, like in China, which is the really dominant nation for diving, I mean, a lot of resources, they put a lot more resources and they have a lot more children coming through these programs. And, you know, I've heard stories where, you know, if the kids do really well, the whole family does well. You know, the, the, the whole family get rewarded for the child's performance, you know. And, like, we just don't live like that here. But and you can, you can understand, too, some of the pressure on the on the divers in those um, cultures, you know, to do really well because they know that if they don't, then it may, you know, it impacts on the potential of their family being supported. Yeah, so it's a big, it's a huge thing. And I kind of now um, just appreciate that much more and I appreciate what we have here in Australia a lot more as well. Yeah, the, the freedom and the... The, I guess the gentle encouragement for people to to go up in their careers. It's not a you know a, a be all and end all type thing. It's but you know if you're good enough and you can put the time and effort in, you can progress. But there's nothing wrong with just diving at a consistent you know state level or club level. No, it's like whatever you enjoy. Make sure you have fun doing it. I always think have fun doing it. Um, being professional doesn't mean not having fun. You know yeah. you. Can to smile in your judging chair it's not you know you can relax um but as long as you have integrity you're not biased you're doing all the other you know things right then yeah just enjoy the journey and you know we all know that too that there's officials in our sports that do the local club level and that's all they do and they do that for 30 or 40 years and you know they're guys that they're, they're awesome people to have because you know that they're going to be there every tournament to do a consistently good job you don't have to worry about you know upskilling them every time and you they can help mentor the people coming through exactly they're just so reliable and consistent and you count on them and and they're fantastic like they've got so much knowledge in other areas that they bring into the sport as well you know they've seen things probably you know that we haven't seen you know bring around a good sense of humor you know they're just yeah, we've got some lovely people in our sport. And yeah, we, you know, that's all. That's all. You know, I guess my aim is to you know, let's encourage people to. Yes, you know, it's great to get into officiating and go up in the career. But you know what, we still need the officials that just do. You know, the club level or the state levels that do that consistently, consistently well. Because without those, the sport effect. You know, all of our sports are impacted if we don't have the officials to do those. You know, tournament to tournament jobs. Yeah, and my expectation, like even as an evaluator, um, is not, um, I'm not critical, I'm more encouraging of that level because they're, they're all right, you know. Um, some of them, like the rules change every four years or eight years and they're not quite up to date, but it doesn't really matter, you know, at that, that kind of club level or the first level of schools and stuff, it doesn't matter. You know, and, and it's amazing, even though they don't know the rules, they're still giving the correct score at the end of the day. They're still... <laughs> when the kid deserves a five or something so yeah they still do a good job it shows you that the you know the, the rules may change but the perception of that scoring rank doesn't really change much which is good because then you can look back and you know consistently you can go all right so that's a that's a consistently that's a five dive that's a six and then, you know, it certainly helps with everybody coming up yeah it's good 
So, yeah, I might not necessarily put them into referee because that might affect the outcome of the competition, but definitely, yeah, there's a place for everyone in, in diving, I think, yeah. And do you still do any sort of uh, casual diving or do you just do just do officiating now, I guess? Um, I just do officiating. I did try and come back and do some master's diving, um, but I was an aerobics instructor for 35 years as well and I taught Pilates. But my, uh, I've got so many injuries, this, <laughs> there's no way I could probably do anything that's as dynamic as diving. diving. Stick to Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> that's less impacting, you know, impacting the water from those heights. Even from a springboard height can be, if you get it wrong, it can be pretty dangerous. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, my joints aren't very good at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I'd just like to ask, I guess, the guests that we come on is, now what piece of advice would you give to either somebody looking at becoming a diving official or somebody that's just started out in their career you know what sort of advice would you give to them you know in regards to being an official um, I just guess just enjoy the journey you know it's not about the destination and um, stay on the path I mean and if you do um, suddenly feel that you you want to become an Olympic judge ask someone for help ask to be mentored um approach someone and someone will help you yeah i'm sure it happens in all sports you know if you have an aspiration to become something there's always people there to help you on your journey and one of the things i guess is key is people need to know that you've got aspirations if you keep it to yourself people aren't going to know and they're not going to be able to help you uh, if you talk to people and say i've got an aspiration at least they go all right cool you know let me try and help you or put you in contact with somebody that, that i can help you with yeah, reach out because there's some really good people and good mentors like, you know, in in my in in diving, in probably most sports. Yeah. Excellent. Um, you know, Gillian, I've I've had a great um time having chat to you. Thank you. I appreciate it very much for coming on. Um and you know, look, looking forward to seeing, you know, just encouraging more and more people to get involved in in diving. If there's any final comment you'd like to make, feel free. Um, no, just thank you for allowing me to talk about something that I'm really passionate about. And if anyone um, gets half as much as I have had from this sport, um, good luck to them. You'll have a fantastic time. You'll enjoy the ride for sure. They'll be they'll be the next CEO of Diving New South Wales if they've got anywhere near your passion. <laughs> oh, I just love it. Yeah. I just love, yeah, it's just everything. It's not just about my journey. It's watching everybody else go through theirs as well. Whatever. And, and that's where we get the buzz from is seeing the development of other people that have the same similar passion to us and you know, seeing them develop um, with their passion. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether it's officiating, coaching as an athlete. I mean, officiating is not just about judging either. I mean, you can be still part of the sport and officiate as a marshal or come along and be a, a recorder on the table. You know, we need people that take down the scores or, you know, there's lots of space for everyone. Uh, I'd imagine even two people that need to enter in the dives that the actual divers are doing. So it's got to be recorded somewhere that what they're lining up to do so that the, the, the officials know what to judge against. Yeah, I mean, just a, a volunteer, it, it, just to give back to the sport or to just give back to the community is just a wonderful thing. It does make you feel really good. Excellent. Thanks again, Gillian, for coming on. Um, and, you know, I might be in touch with, you know, I'm, interested, I'm keen to have you know, our guests back on down the track and see what else we can do to try and encourage more and more people to, you know, pick up the passions that we have and, and become officials in the, their chosen area. So uh, thanks again for coming on. Oh, thanks, Greg.
Jillian's been able to develop a remarkable officiating career simply by finding a way to stay involved in the sport that she's passionate about. Are you passionate about a sport and want to stay involved? How about thinking of becoming an official? It's a great way to not only stay involved, but the experiences that you gain are things that you can't experience in other areas of your life. If you're interested in starting your own journey, check out the directory on our website, sportscollaboration.com, where you'll be able to find contact details for associations so that you can start your officiating journey. I'll leave you with this final appreciation from Gillian. Just such a pleasure, you know, to judge, like to have that front row seat, to get to see the dives up close. Yeah.